Does your brain fire up when you've been ripped off? Or some geezer has nicked your car space? Or a colleague at work whom you intensely dislike hands you a task that you also intensely dislike? Or for the thousandth time you've asked your child to get ready for bed? Or you've been confronted with a deep, hurtful betrayal by someone you love? Or you know you're carrying a bucket load of negative feelings that you're avoiding and you're trying to suck them up? Do you get angry? What kind of anger is it? How do you understand your anger and its impact on you and your life? This episode is part one of the one about anger. We take a deeper look at anger, one of the most primitive emotions that we all experience. We're going to explore your relationship with anger, how men mask their anger, the five destructive types and the positive and constructive version of anger, and the most important first step to understanding your anger. Welcome to Men Talk, a podcast of real conversations about life. Your life, our life, the emotional well-being of men. My name is Howard Todd Collins. I'm a psychotherapist, consultant and coach, and founder and host of Men Talk. Sit back, relax, and join me for this latest episode of Men Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number two in season two of the Men Talk podcast. I trust all is well wherever you may be. Here in the sunny world of Melbourne, spring has most definitely sprung. I do have an itchy nose. Hay fever tends to be something that I battle with from time to time, although this year it's particularly bad. I can almost taste the summer, however. As I sit in the studio, the sun, she is shining. And yet, I'm about to open up a conversation about anger. Have you or do you know men in your life that you classify as having an anger problem or having an anger issue? In some ways, I think anger gets a bad rap. You know, anger is a way of letting you know that you're not happy with the way things are and that you want to find a way to make things better. Anger does become a problem, however, when it's not expressed and when it's acted out with aggression or violence. In fact, the research shows that men and women become angry at approximately the same frequency – But men tend to express their anger outwardly and in more aggressive ways, like yelling, hitting and swearing and so on. Men are more likely to have anger issues than women are. However, suppressing anger has major consequences too, including other negative emotions, high levels of stress and physical health problems. So anger is a normal emotion. In fact, it's less normal to never feel it. For some men, though, anger is uncomfortable, scary, and certainly unwanted. And yet for other blokes, it almost defines their personality and the ways they manage their emotions in general. Anger management or anger issues are commonly used terms for men. 
Now, I'm not always so sure of the value of labelling people with these kind of issues because we tend to see them as having problems and that they need to be avoided and often judged. It is understandable, though, to believe that angry men have problems because of the hurtful things they say and do. And so it's important to keep in mind what kind of emotion anger is and why so many men experience it so intensely. You know, acute anger problems are more common in men with significant traumatic childhood experiences or men who experience adult trauma, who have poor interpersonal skills and also have a combination of significant mental health or substance use problems. Anger is the result of complex, emotionally charged thoughts that are triggered by something in your life. Rather than handling anger issues after the fact, of course it's much better to prevent an angry outburst from happening in the first place. Now in my next episode of the Man Talk podcast, I'm going to explain this a little further and teach you how to regulate strong emotions. So look out for the next episode. Many men tend to cover up their other feelings with what's called displaced anger, which is a defense mechanism to protect a deeper vulnerability. So in this sense, anger may also be a secondary emotion, a kind of mask for more vulnerable feelings that blokes find difficult to allow, such as feeling sad or fearful. Anger can be a sign of a deeper suffering. You know, emotions are complicated. We feel lots of things at the same time. Yet, interestingly, what I find for some men is that it's easier to focus on anger because it feels safer than those other feelings. I tend to notice in my conversations with men that blokes aren't always suppressing their sadness or fear. It's that they're most used to focusing parts of whatever the situation is that makes them angry instead of the parts that make them sad. I found a quote that sums this up beautifully from a guy called Jackson Katz, who wrote the book The Macho Paradox in 2006. So he said this, he said, Countless men deal with their vulnerability by transferring vulnerable feelings to feelings of anger. The anger then serves to prove that they are not, in fact, vulnerable, which, which would imply they are not man enough to take the pressure. So what other feelings is anger masking? I can pretty much guarantee you that there are other feelings underneath your anger. Now, I say this because, first of all, I know this for myself and I've also discovered this with most blokes that I've worked with over the years. It's very rare that anger exists just on its own. So here's a few examples. Fear, for example, is often viewed as a weakness for many, many men. And so instead of sharing any kind of fear, expression of anger is just seen as way more powerful. The problem is if a man struggles to talk about fear, fear can become extremely overwhelming to contain and it can often spill out in anger. So how would you talk about fear? What is it that you're fearful of and when was the last time you even shared your fears? Another common feeling lurking underneath anger is sadness. Expressing sadness makes all of us feel vulnerable. 
Another problem, of course, is when a man thinks that he should always remain strong, expressing sadness is likely to be judged harshly, either by himself or by other people. And that's just too much to lose for some men. And so expressing anger may be safer than sadness. And sadly, see what I did there, life contains loss and naturally loss will make us feel sad. So how comfortable are you with sharing your sadness? And then there's guilt and shame. Now, guilt tends to refer to those beliefs that you've done something wrong or that you may well do something wrong in the future. Feelings of guilt can also lead to feelings of shame. And guilt may be the result of any real harm caused or even a perception or imagined harm that's being caused. People may think they've done something wrong, even though they haven't. So guilt is that feeling of remorse for any kind of wrongdoing. And then there is shame, which is another kettle of fish. People who experience shame usually try to hide the thing that they feel ashamed of. And so when shame becomes chronic, it can involve the feelings that you are just fundamentally flawed. It tends to be that awful core belief that we are inherently bad or even rotten. Now, the intensity of guilt and shame for many men means that we are just too embarrassed to acknowledge it, and these feelings are held internally and can trigger big, angry feelings. Do you carry guilt or shame internally? Would you even talk about it? And then there's envy and jealousy. Do you ever feel envious or jealous in your life? For some men, feeling envy or jealous can lead to feelings of inadequacy, which for lots of blokes feels overwhelmingly negative and massively intimidating. So bottling up these kind of feelings does lead to some men finding themselves on that frustration, anger, annoyance spectrum. And finally, there's emasculation. A common experience of emasculation is often attached to performance anxiety or limitations or inadequacies when it comes to sex and sexual performance. But another example more broadly for men is when they feel inferior to other men in respect of fulfilling his duties or even expectations of being a man. It's that experience when a man feels less than another man and then acts out those feelings in anger. So as you can see, anger can be a very complex emotion, particularly when it hides other feelings. There are different types of anger, and here are six of them, five of which are a major problem. But listen out for the sixth one, because that's the most important and the most constructive type of anger. It's easy to imagine bursts of rage when trying to conceptualize anger and anger problems. There are, of course, some major problematic issues out there in terms of anger, and yet there's also a productive aspect to it as well, which we'll look at a little later on. But let's look at the bad news first. There are five types of anger that create huge problems. The first one is behavioural, which is physical and aggressive, and it's at the most extreme, usually ends up in violence. It's intended to cause external harm, so breaking or throwing things, or physically intimidating or attacking somebody. 
It has major legal and interpersonal consequences, can be highly unpredictable and impulsive, and erodes trust and respect in relationships. It's worth noting, however, that emotions like this don't actually generate physical aggression or violent behaviour. The behaviour itself is a choice. The second destructive type of anger is chronic anger, which is a persistent sense of resentment of other people. There's a kind of sweeping sense of frustration with certain circumstances, and often anger is towards oneself. So it's a long-term nagging and perpetual irritation. Then there's passive-aggressive anger, which you may be aware of, which is the opposite of aggressive anger. It's an avoidant type. It's when people tend to evade all forms of confrontation and may even deny or repress any feelings of frustration or fury that they're actually experiencing. And often it's expressed verbally as sarcasm or pointed silence or a veiled mockery of a kind. And physically, often it can look like chronic procrastination. And interestingly, people who express anger in passivity aren't even aware sometimes that their actions are even perceived as aggressive. They, they're almost surprised at the reaction of other people. And then there's retaliatory anger, which is a response to being confronted or attacked by a particular incident or a particular person or people. It's motivated by revenge for a perceived wrong. It can be deliberate with the aim to intimidate others by asserting control. And once again, it's worth remembering retaliation is a, cho a choice. It's not an impulse. And then there's self-abusive anger, the fifth of the terrible types of anger that's out there, based on feelings of self-shame. This is when people who feel hopeless, unworthy, humiliated, or ashamed, and they internalize these feelings. And it's often expressed through negative self-talk and self-harm, including significant substance abuse. Men who struggle with self-abusive anger often lash out at those around them to mask their feelings of low self-worth, which of course only increases their alienation. Now these types of anger and the huge issues related to these forms that is out of control clearly create critical safety issues in many, many ways and need immediate response. So wherever you are in the world, if you know you get out of control or you're on the receiving end of someone who is out of control, please seek out support now. Now, if you're listening in Australia, you can call Lifeline on 131114 or the 1800 Respect line. They're both 24 hours and 1800 Respect is 1800 737 732. If you're, li if you're listening in other parts of the world, I would encourage you to seek out some emergency services or mental health or domestic violence 24-hour support lines in your area. As you can hear, these kinds of anger are clearly out of control. So please get some help that you need. But there is some good news about anger. Anger can be a positive and constructive form of expression if it's handled correctly. 
Assertive anger is the most constructive form. Feelings of frustration or rage can act as a catalyst for positive change in this kind or this type of anger. There's no avoiding confrontation, there's no internalizing anger, and no verbal or physical abuse. It's when anger creates constructive change that brings you closer to having your needs met. So there's no distress or there's no destruction. Assertive anger is when you're confident and controlled when communicating a point of anger or frustration. It's when you're thinking about whatever's causing the problem in a deeper way to understand the root cause. It's when you're considerate of the impact and concerns of the others in a situation. It's also when you're calm and controlled in terms of your emotions and at the same time trying to be empathetic to somebody else's feelings. It's when you can explain why you're frustrated and angry, whilst also wanting to resolve the matter in a mutually beneficial way. It's also when you're respectful of the other person's position, even though it's causing you the anger. And it's when you have a willingness to seek forgiveness and forgive others who apologize to you. Now, this kind of anger for most of us doesn't always come naturally. It needs some attention. In the next episode, I'm going to take you through a useful technique that makes sense of what's happening in the brain and calms everything down when you're overwhelmed. But in terms of dealing with anger in productive ways, there is one thing you must know first. Cutting off anger in the early phases needs you to be intentionally aware of triggers that cause you to erupt in the first place. Now, there are many ways that your brain can be triggered, and these triggers are usually different from person to person. For example, if you were bullied at school, your triggers will be more likely intense towards people who are controlling or threatening you. Here are some other common triggers to anger. A strong sense of injustice, feeling of, feelings of being disrespected, a violation of your personal space, receiving abusive language, being labelled, shamed or blamed, on the end of physical threats, attacked by insults, people that lie to you, relationship conflicts or feeling constantly disappointed or having a sense of a lack of control on a regular basis. Now, when you realize what your triggers are, you can become aware of what issues in your life promote a high alert in your brain that sends you towards anger. So here's an exercise for you to consider. Maybe once this episode is finished, you can make some time for yourself in a calmer moment to write a list of your triggers and begin to recognize them so you can anticipate any of your anger. If you are attuned and aware of your triggers, you will be better able to predict your own responses and make choices not to respond in an angry way. So being more in charge of your reaction during anger comes from the self-control you can maintain in understanding what's happening in your brain. So knowing your triggers is a vital first step. In this episode, we've unpacked anger a little. We've had a look at your relationship with anger, how men mask their anger, those five destructive types, 
and the positive constructive form of anger. And we finished off by looking at the first steps to managing anger is to identify your triggers. Now, what's underneath your anger is also essential. And this is the subject of the next episode of Man Talk. So thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, tell your mates. Give me a review wherever you found the podcast and follow me on Insta at Man Talk with Howard or sign up to the newsletter. All the information is on the show notes. If this episode raises particular concerns for you, please get some help. If you want to get some counselling, my details are also in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Speak to you again on the next episode of Man Talk. <laughs>